Hello, everybody. Welcome to Off Base Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jason Benicki. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Degenerate Jason with no O. So Degenerate J A S N. I am joined by Todd. Todd doesn't like to give out his social media because he's just not a fun person like that. I don't understand it, but hey, the more the merrier. Um, so if you were around when we recorded our last episode like a year ago, uh, we appreciate you for tuning in again. Uh, if you haven't been or if you've never listened to us, uh, feel free, uh, share it with your friends, family, give us a, a like and a follow on Off Base Sports Podcast on Facebook. Uh, like I said, follow me on the Twitter and the Instagram and the TikTok. I love to share gambling and all of that fun stuff. Um, and also, uh, feel free at any time to give a call in. Uh, we are live. If you're watching on Facebook, uh, the phone number is 574-274-9303. Um, and feel free to call, call and uh, talk, talk along with us. Uh, since it's been a while since we've done an episode, uh, I feel like we should give you a little background on who we are and why we decided to do this. Uh, I'll let Todd start uh, since I've got to do a little busy uh, work on my phone, uh, getting this out on the Facebook. Hi, my name's Todd. I live in Indiana. I've been here all 38 years. We've decided to do this because he wanted to do it and told me to come on. Now, let's not act like I just threw this at you like you're not a big sports fan. Oh, and, yeah, I, and, I am. And we've known each other, what, 25 years now? Give her uh, yeah, give her a few. What do we do every time we get together? Talk sports. So why not do it where people can join into the discussion, have a little fun with it, see if we can get a, a following. It's entertaining. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a fun idea. What, what's the harm in that? Uh, the harm would be, I remember high school and the word pummel and flack. Hey, I taught you valuable life lessons. <laughs> Did you learn those vocabulary words? Yes. Did Chuck learn those vocabulary words? Yes. I bet you they're seared into both of your guys' memories, including mine. So I just like to remember you were thwacking him with a globe and he met, tried making a point that you were wrong by thwacking him with a globe. So you made a correct statement by flattening the globe. That is true. Uh, but anyways, I'm Jason Vendicki, lifelong sports fan. Uh, you know, used to watch SportsCenter every morning before I'd get up when SportsCenter was still good. You know, usually about 30 minutes an episode, just scores, highlights, and on with your day. Uh, always been a dream of mine to have a sports talk radio show. Well, in the internet world, you can do that. This is how I do that. Uh, not not going to hold out any of my biases. I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh Penguins fan, Chicago Cubs, Chicago Bulls fan, hashtag Firegar Packs. Um, <laughs> You know, and this is this is my space and in, in Todd's, uh, you know, there's been a few false starts with me in the podcast space before uh, you live, you learn, you, you try to get better. Uh, my goal going forward for this year will be to have an episode out every Monday morning on audio format. And then for the live stream, it'll be at least two Sundays a month, depending on my work schedule, maybe more. And on the weeks where I can't do it on a Sunday evening, uh, then we'll do I'll do a solo episode on a Thursday afternoon. Um, and that will, will be the program. Let's all make this more fun, more interactive. You can join along and be a part of the conversation. And we're going to start with our very first topic. We'll, since this is the kicking off of a brand new decade, will be our top 10 sports moments in our own personal opinions 
of the past decade. Um, I'm going to let Todd lead off because I think our list is going to be pretty different. We start with number 10? No, we're going to start with number one and leave nothing entertaining left for the very end. So yes, yes, number one. NBA load management. I hate that fucking shit. You get paid $20, $30 million, play 82 fucking games of basketball, you assholes. Uh, Don't have much of an issue with that one. Uh, So my number 10, though, is going to be American Pharaoh winning the Triple Crown. Uh, First off, kind of a huge moment in American sports. I think it's hard to argue with that. Uh, But I think the other perk to that is it allowed me to stop caring about horse racing ever again. (laughs) I saw this great accomplishment once in my lifetime. It was amazing. It was impressive to see an animal do that. And now I am over it. So let's go forward with that and see what the future holds. Had no problem with that. Really didn't care if I seen it, didn't see it. It made it fun every year. Are they going to somebody hit the triple crown? Now, yeah. I mean, with sports betting now, that might be a little more fun. <laughs> uh, but yep, I thought that was, that was it for me in uh, horse racing. Number nine, Todd. Oh, I just love this one. North Carol- University of North Carolina not getting in trouble for allowing football players and basketball players to take a class that never existed because it was also offered to non-athletes. Love that. Yeah, I mean, that is the most NCAA <laughs> thing ever. Uh, we're going to you know, punish all these other student athletes for, for having tutors help them write papers, anything else, but which is, you know, perfectly happens to every other regular day st- students as well. But because it's a blue blood in North Carolina, suddenly it's not an issue. And I forgot to comment on your number 10. Load management doesn't bother me. I think that goes to the bigger discussion of does the NBA season even need to be 82 games? I don't think it does. Well, it bothers me because if I want to buy a ticket and I want to go with Bulls versus the Lakers... I want to make sure the people I pay to see are going to play. I don't want to watch LeBron James and Anthony Davis sitting on the fucking sidelines. No, I get that. And that should, it should definitely be a home field thing where, the, where they're doing it. But what are you going to do? It happens. It's part of the game. It's, it's a legitimate strategy going forward. So you should be fined half a million dollars. I, I think there should be a penalty if you do it on the road. If you do it at home, I, I, I mean, you still face the same issue where somebody could have traveled to come see you to come see that place. Cause I, Traveled to see plenty of baseball stadiums. Uh, but all in all, I don't think it's a, a huge deal. Um, my number nine, uh, University of Maryland Boston College becomes, or University of Maryland Baltimore City becomes the first 16 seed to win an NCAA tournament game against Virginia. Yep. Loved it. I mean, it's one of those iconic moments that everybody's like, oh, wait, what happened here? This is This is completely brand new. How did this happen? And how many brackets did it break when Virginia went down? I have absolutely no clue. And uh, hopefully things are stro- rolling right along for them. And there's no issue with that. Um, you know, it, it was an amazing, amazing moment. Can't, can't say that the decade would have been the same without it. Your number eight, Todd. Number eight, the Dallas Mavericks beating the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. Uh, loved it. That's that's when we saw that King James wasn't quite King James when five foot five uh JJ. JJ Berea was taking him in the post. It's like, okay, we've seen all we need to see. The the MJ GOAT conversations end there for me. That would have never in a million years happened to Michael Jordan. No, he would have scored forty points and then turned around and talked trash to the five foot five guy. Right. He'd be like, Is this how you're disrespecting me? Really? Come on now. 
But anyways, I think that was a good one. Uh, for me, number eight was Butler's back-to-back NCAA title game appearances. I think it was, you know, pretty cool to see a small school like that be able to compete. Now, obviously, they had probably the best coach in uh, college basketball at the time, who is now one of the best coaches in the NBA. Uh, so I think you got to see a unique basketball mind. And obviously, Gordon Haywood was a, a very good player, but they even did it a year without Gordon Haywood, yeah. which which made it, you know, kind of validated it that it just wasn't a player or it was, you know, part of the system, part of the coach, uh, part of the team buying in. Uh, it was a pretty neat moment, all in all. I, I'm in agreement there. I, I love seeing that uh, from Indiana, even made it even better. Butler. Yep. Uh, so what's your number seven, Todd? Lance Armstrong being stripped of all his accomplishments. I didn't care about that. I, to me, first off, it was much to do about nothing, given that uh, you know everybody else he was competing against was also on steroids. No, no biggie to me there. Uh, so I thought it was you know just a way to shame the American and the, which the French had wanted for so long. So they kind of got what they wanted, and they got to win there. I was just tired of all the cheating in baseball and that, and that just seemed kind of. It still goes on somewhat, but it seemed to have cleaned up a lot since then. Nobody wanted to be disgraced as that person now anymore. No, I definitely think it cleaned up the uh, the uh, Tour de France. I think everybody kind of got their their uh, the they got their head straight around. Okay, this may have been the norm, but none of us want to be that guy going forward. Right. Uh, my number seven is the Penguins win back to back Stanley Cups, becoming the first and so far only team to do that in the salary cap area era in hockey. I thought that was a pretty uh, amazing accomplishment given that, you know, you don't get the same ability. I mean, there is some rules to manipulate the salary cap in hockey, but again, no one else has done it since or before. It's a pretty accomplishment. I mean, it's relatively recent, but still. On a fact check, was the Blackhawks a year in between? Yeah, they always okay. had a year between. So okay. uh, they didn't have one. Uh, your number six. Donald Sterling being forced to sell the Clippers to Steve Ballmer. Man, you picked, you did pick a pretty negative list, didn't you? It gets you, better as we go, but I, I, from that, I don't think this is a negative one. To me, I take it as a positive. Is now made the Clippers a relevant team. Under Sterling, he was going to keep taking the money and not spending it and being an ass with it. No, I get it. I definitely understand where, where, where you're at there. Um, so I fully, fully support, support that. I think it was definitely a, a, a watershed moment for the uh, NBA uh, and definitely made the Clippers relevant again, having an owner who actually cares and actually invests in the team. Uh, my number six though is Armando Galarraga's perfect game. That wasn't Ooh, and the class with which he handled that. Okay. Uh, I'll take that, uh, that part. Okay. I was, was going to say, you accuse me of being negative. <laughs> no, I mean, I think first off it, most people in, in professional sports come unglued when they have a moment like that. You know, when they have a call go against them. And instead, he just got back on the mound and had the first, what I will call, 28-out perfect game. Because <laughs> he still had a 28-out perfect game. He went out, got the very next out, ended the game. And I know the this, this history will not show it. It'll show a hit. It was not a hit. We all know what we saw. You know, Elias Sports Bureau should have went back and corrected it like they do so many things in the after the fact. I put that one in the same where I have the Kerrywood 20K, 20K game. That was not a hit. That was an error on our shortstop. I'll give him the hit. I'm not going back and changing that history. That one was at least a scorer's call. That was, an, you know, a judgment call. This is not a clearly <laughs> out by a f- three feet stretch, you know, that we all saw. 
and in modern baseball would be undone. So I think that was a pretty good one. Your number five? Number five, uh, we might have heard this one already. Number 16, University of Maryland, Baltimore County beating Virginia. Being Baltimore, Baltimore City, by the way. Baltimore City. Defeating, Maybe it was Baltimore County. Oh, UMBC. We all know yeah. it is UMBC. Being the first number 16 to beat a number one. All right. Well, I think that one then we don't really need to go on with that at all. Right. So my number five. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> right there. Nate Diaz beats Conor McGregor on 11 days notice at UFC 196. What more could you ask for? He called for the fight in probably what I will call the most epic post-fight call out. Right up there with Chael Sonnen's Anderson Silva. You absolutely suck. And it's my fault I don't have it on my soundboard for you to hear it in all of its perfection. Uh, but I think when you make that call out, you take that fight on 11 days notice. You were on vacation in Cabo when you get the call. And you come in and you step up and deliver the performance of a lifetime, the moment of a lifetime, and really helped propel the UFC to the next level. Not that Conor McGregor wasn't already doing good things, but with Ronda Rousey going away, you kind of had Connor by himself. He needed that foil, like Anderson Silva had his foil. Right. Like, you know, in Chael Sonnen, like George St. Pierre had Nick Diaz or Johnny Hendricks, depending on your preference. But you got to always have that foil. And for Connor McGregor, it was Nate Diaz, and it helped launch the UFC into another stratosphere. And Connor McGregor losing his damn mind. Well, that had to do more with the Floyd fight and having way too much money <laughs> in no sense. Uh, but number four for you. Miguel Cabrera wins the Triple Crown in baseball. 20 years ago, I think that would have been a bigger deal to me. I think knowing what, you know, how hollow some of those stats can ring now, it, it has diminished its value. I still take, just take it because I don't believe he's a steroid guy. He looks too fat, out, out of shape to be a steroid guy. He reminds me of back when you see the pictures of Babe Ruth eating a hot dog, smoking a goddamn cigar and having a beer. I could see Miguel being that person and still hitting the triple crown. No, I would agree with you there that there's definitely, uh, you know, no, no tainted to his triple crown. And it is an impressive accomplishment. I don't mean to diminish what he accomplished. However, it's not the same accomplishment it once was. And that should be something that's looked at is it's not like it propelled a team to a world series or launched anything new. You know, it was, yeah, great. But we know that RBIs aren't the end all be all that, the batting average is not the end all be all. This isn't 1985. This is 1955. So yeah, it's an accomplishment, but I think I'm still more impressed by what Mike Trout was able to accomplish consistently on a terrible team over the last decade. Uh, my number four, uh, junior winning the day 2014 Daytona 500. He, he had been in such a rut there for a while, but somehow at Daytona in the 500, he kept coming close. He, you know, he had already won one in 2004. But like for the four Daytona 500s before this, he finished second, second, third, second. He had been close, but couldn't quite get over the hump. And his career had been in that kind of rut up until that point. You know, he won once in 2008, once in 2012. Then, you know, then he wins that 500, goes on to have probably one of his most complete seasons of his career, even though he couldn't, didn't quite win the championship because all the weird roles that kind of have diminished NASCAR popularity. I, I don't care anymore. I didn't watch... The first time in my life, I didn't watch a single Winston Cup race this year. I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I would say since Junior retired, I haven't watched one. I don't think. I mean, I've watched some since then, but not nearly the number I have uh, before. Just because it was really not what I was looking for at all. Um, 
you know, the rules have changed too much. It's way too far gone. It's, it's, it's just a different sport than I grew up. What's your number three, Todd? Tiger Woods wins the 2019 Masters. That is also my number three. <laughs> oh, no way. I, I, so I think we're close there. I think our number two and number one will be different, though. I have a hunch. I think that, I definitely think number two will be different. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, anybody who had rooted for Tiger through his entire peak prime and then watched the downfall was always waiting for a moment where he came back and his health was, was where he was healthy enough to, to remind people who Tiger Woods is. And, you know, you had always heard the myth that these young guys were not going to be phased by the Tiger, you know, the Tiger roar. They weren't going to be affected by the Tiger pressure because they didn't know it. And then we got to see it on a Sunday at Augusta. Where where guys who would normally not crumble <laughs> at all suddenly started feel, you know make, making shots into the water, making bad decisions, and allowing him to become and once again you know the peak golfer and now he's trending back up, to- yeah. completely towards being you know if not number one in that top five again and being a consistent threat. I mean, there's nothing like the Tiger roar. So until you heard it, you yeah you can say I'm not gonna be affected by it, not be affected by it. Then you hear the 20,000 people following Tiger Woods all cheer at one time. It's like, okay, this does affect me. Right. It, it, you don't know what it was until you were there playing with him, you know, for, for some of these guys as he's hunting greens, not making bad shots, not making mistakes. And then the power red shirt. Well, I mean, the power red shirt had been around. It just hadn't been effective. But when you see him make if locked in, ready to go, throwing darts, make, making those things, I think you're ready. Uh, what's your number two? Kawhi Leonard last three seasons. I just love the Kawhi Leonard ultimate story there. I mean, I think you think it's hard to tell the story of the NBA at the end of the decade without it. Mm-hmm. You know, him him getting hurt and sitting out a season with the uh, the Spurs, him getting to traded to Toronto for basically nothing. You know, right. late first round pick and a guy who was a late first round pick. Uh, you know, for a guy who's probably the second best player in the NBA right now and took, you know, carried Toronto to a championship. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think there's an interesting, interesting case for that. My number two, 2016 World Series champion Chicago Cubs. 108 year curse ended. Uh, lifelong Cubs fan. You know, it's kind of a culmination of a lot of pain, a lot of agony. And, uh, you know, probably one of the top five happiest moments of my life. You sitting there like me, like, okay, how the hell are we going to screw this up again? Well, and then we started giving up runs late in the game, pulling pitchers early when they're on a roll. Yeah, yeah, every minute of that was like, okay, what the heck is going on? How do Are we really going to blow this? Are we going to mess this up? Yes, yes, that's what I expected. And then when you see Bryant get the ball and start to his foot starts to slide, I go, oh, it's going into the stands. And I'm going to guess yeah, your number That was your number, number one. one. My number one is... The spread of legalized sports gambling. Now I know it happened late in the twenty, you know, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, but I think it's going to drive so much of the conversation around sports going forward that it's going to be hard to to remember sports without legalized sports gambling. It's going to drive, you know, in increased uh, viewership to sports. It's going to drive increased interest, and it's not going to be the guy betting ten thousand or twenty thousand. It's going to be the guy betting five dollars or ten dollars. Is going to really push the sport forward. I mean, I agree. I can see myself during baseball season with Javi Baez at bat. What's he going to be betting on bat by bat with him to see what he's going to do? 
All right. So there's there's my top 10, your top 10 sports moments of the decade. I do have one that should never be in anybody's top 10 for this, and that's the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight. If that was in your top 10, I want to tell you to go shoot yourself, but he's going to get mad at me. So just think of what you should do to your own self. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely don't encourage people to shoot themselves. Not a good idea. But yeah, I don't think that belongs there. There's the decision shouldn't be there. I get it. It was a seminal sports moment, but for all the wrong reasons. Um, you know, so like I said, I think that's a good wrap up of the decade that was, I think that'll transition us right into the weekend that was, uh, you know, we had a lot of really good, a lot of interesting wild card games. So which one was your favorite so far out of the four? My favorite of the four would be the one that probably the very first one, probably the bills and the Texans. I still wanted to see the bills win and you could just see either Buffalo doesn't trust Josh Allen or Josh Allen just crumbled. And I'm not actually sure which one it was. All right. And I apologize to anybody that was watching our live stream. We had a little internet issues there, uh, which is really surprising given the fact that I'm on a ethernet cable <laughs> right to my route. Shouldn't, shouldn't happen, but you know, technology is what technology is. No, I think that bills, uh, game, uh, was, was interesting. Uh, you know, sets up a crazy moment going forward. Uh, I think, you know, Deshaun Watson got, got hot late and that was great. Made for an entertaining game. Uh, yep. got me my cover cause I had the Texans minus two and a half and I had the under. So I appreciate them not scoring a touchdown. But to me, it should never have had a chance for Watson to get there because Buffalo should have allowed Allen instead of kicking field goal after field goal, after field goal, after field goal. Those at least some of those need to be touchdowns, and he did not trust him, or Josh Allen just couldn't provide it. I don't know which one it was. No, I fully understand what you're saying there, um, but a lot of coaches will will play that conservatively when they have you know a, a quarterback in his first playoff appearance. Uh, they're always a little careful with that. Uh, you know, I would say my favorite was today: uh, Seahawks versus Eagles. Nothing like a beast mode touchdown to get you in the mood for some <laughs> football. I don't know about the rest of you, but beast mode is clearly one of the best human beings in the world. He's definitely my most entertaining human at being a human. This guy was, what, two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, out in Oakland serving tequila shots. Now he's getting game, essentially game-clinching touchdowns in a playoff game. Serving and drinking. Don't forget to drinking. I'm not, I'm not here to... to, to to vice shame anybody. I'm not vice shame. I just want to make sure he, he just wasn't just serving. He was also partaking. Hey, not my job to tell him what he can and can't have. So that was definitely my favorite. I mean, obviously, Carson Wentz not playing essentially in another playoff game is becoming a huge storyline for the Eagles and their investment in him. A $132 million investment. It is what it is. I mean, the I mean, 40-year-old Josh McCown looked good. Makes you wonder what Carson Wentz could have done. But he wasn't doing anything before then, so it's not like he was on the uh, path to, to winning that game either. Hey, if I have a question as if anybody wants to call or p- put it into a comment or something. Does Peterson trust Wentz? Because me and Jason were talking during the game. It looked like there was a whole different playbook and a whole lot more confidence in Josh McNown when he walked in the field than what was going on when Wentz was on the field. Positive. Is now made the Clippers. Oops. But <laughs> Sterling, he was going to keep taking the money. 
I'm sorry. I'm trying to comment and on the page to, to give to you guys remember th- sports without the phone number to call us. It's five seven four two seven four nine three zero three. I apologize for the double audio of us, particularly to those listening. Listening. Um, however, oh, got a dry throat here. I might have to let Todd take over for a minute while I go get some water. Uh, but you know, I also enjoyed watching what might be. Uh, the end of the Brady Belichick dynasty. <coughs> I apologize there, guys. Like I said, uh, Northern Indiana weather definitely has me a uh, little under the weather today, uh, but we will power through this because if I don't start today, when do I start? I, I'm not 100%. I, I wasn't as happy as seeing the end of that that legacy probably because I still think if they come back next year, they get him a wide receiver and a tight end. I still think they're a 12-4 team with a good chance of making it to the conference championship game and maybe even the Super Bowl again. So this was, was your question to me for one of our topics. Yeah. Where does Tom Brady play next year? What do you think? I think he follows Josh. If Josh McDaniels takes a head coaching job, I think he follows Josh McDaniels. If he goes to Cleveland, I believe he's the starting quarterback at Cleveland next year, and I don't think Baker Mayfield's on the field and I think with the receivers of o- <coughs> Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and the running back, um, I'm, I'm spacing on the running back right now. Nick Chubb. Yeah. That uh, that gives him a, a whole lot more weapons than he had there. And then they can spend the time trying to build a defense there. And the, Yeah. No, I, 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 I think if he plays, he plays in New England. I don't think he's going anywhere. I could see him following Josh McDaniels. I don't see Josh McDaniels going to Cleveland. No. You don't turn down the Colts with Andrew Luck. Now, granted, it turned out to be, you know, not necessarily the case going forward that you would have him, but you don't turn that down to take over Cleveland. And I don't think Cleveland's bringing in somebody that's going to replace Baker Mayfield in year three already. I guess let me ask you this question from last year. Tom Brady changes his contract to become a free agent. Josh McDaniels becoming a Colts head coach. Instead of Kraft and Belichick convincing Josh to stay one more year, what if it was Brady and they had Brady set the contract up so he could leave to follow him? Uh, crazier things have happened. Uh, I'm not going to say that it, that hasn't happened. Because, I mean, if he went to Indy and he had luck, there's no chance Brady's going to come back go to that team because he's not going to outplace luck at, at his age and, and how much they were paying luck. So I think, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how that works out. I do see possibly him in a San Diego uniform, though, too. Or, sorry, Los Angeles, their first year in their new Coliseum there and new coach, new quarterback. He just doesn't have a lot of weapons there outside of Keenan Allen. That kind of worries me, but. Uh, that Hunter Henry is a pretty solid tight end there, too. Got to stay healthy. Austin Eckler. Uh, Melvin Gordon, if they bring him back, he's got weapons. Again, they got to stay healthy. Um, I know Gordon missed a lot of the time. That's why his numbers were back down this year. Uh, but I just don't see Tom Brady going anywhere. I know it's, I know it's fun to talk about. I know people have talked to Cowboys. I know people have talked some other ideas with this. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I, I don't see uh, Tom Brady going anywhere else. Do you see, if if put an ultimatum, what does Kraft pick? If Tom Brady wants to come back and play, Belichick doesn't want him. What does Kraft do? Uh, Belichick wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, too, who won that power struggle. 
Okay. Uh, but do you think Belichick leaves and resigns? I don't think so. I don't. I think they're a tandem until they're both done. And I think when they're both done, they might, you know, when Brady's done, I think Belichick might be done. Although there's a chance that, that Belichick stays on. Belichick wants 43 wins. I don't think Brady's playing another. I don't think Brady's playing another five years. He wants to beat Shula's number. That's a, he has a goal of 43. That's his number right now. Hey, the Giants gig is open. <laughs> he could go back to where it all, all, all his success started with Bill Parcells. He could, but I don't, I don't see that one happening. Hey. Again, I think he stays. New England's got a good team. The defense is good. Brady's still there right now. He has to give him more weapons. I don't I, know if that includes talking Gronk to come back and getting one wide receiver or something. I, why are people obsessed with Gronk coming back? Because he's so still young. That's why. And he never closed the door saying, I'm completely done. He's not really done anything outside of that. I know he's kept all his money, and he has all his money still. And he lost like 50 pounds. He's not the Gronk that anybody remembers. I think he was just tired of surgery after surgery after beating after beating. He won Super Bowls. He's accomplished everything he needs to be to go down as the greatest tight end to ever play the game. Let me ask you this. Do you think Andrew Luck has come back after the, after the one year? Do guys, he got healthy. I doubt it. I, okay. I, think, I think he's done as well. Um, but again, anybody out there listening, feel free with call in with your opinions. Uh, 574-274-9303. We'd love to have uh, some more voices on this. Um, except, the, except Antonio Brown. I don't want to hear from Antonio Brown. Oh, no. If Antonio Brown wants to call it, <laughs> please. That, that'll make our rating spike through the roof. Uh, not worried about it happening. Uh, you know, don't see it see it occurring. But well, he's he knows he's going down the whole the uh, YouTube wormhole. He might see his name pop up somewhere and say, "That's it, I'm calling." Well, first off, this is on Facebook, not YouTube, oh. right now. It'll be on YouTube later, but that'll be uh, just a recording. Uh, but I think we have one wild card game left at this point, uh, and that was the uh, Saints being cursed once again. Battle all the way back. And then they lose in overtime on what some will call a questionable pass interference call. I say it would have been a ticky tacky call to call at that point in the game. And I know people are like, well, if you're going to call it in the first quarter, you should call it at the end of the game. I don't think they call that pass interference in the first quarter either. Now, if you're going to call that offensive pass interference, if it was the other way around, do you call it defensive pass interference? Would you no, call the? I, 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 again, I would make a terrible ref because I believe to let him play. Okay, I mean, if if your theory is if it was the other way around and you would have been bitching that that was defensive pass interference, then you got to throw the flag and make that offensive pass interference. If he was like, you know what, I believe it wasn't that bad, let him play at that point. I have no problem with it. But you can't say, well, that would have been defensive pass interference, and then claim that wasn't offensive pass interference. Fair enough. Yeah, I just thought it was two guys battling for position. In a, in a close end game situation, I don't feel like th- I feel like the push off wasn't as big of a deal. I think the replay made it look worse, just because they were already hand fighting. He extended his arm, got his way through, and and he was there. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Uh, just one man. <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty of Saints fans who would absolutely vehemently disagree with me in terms of of the penalty there. And Saints fans, you cannot use the well the NFL only one. No, you can't use that one. They changed the entire rule for you, and it still didn't uh, quite get you over the hump, uh, you know. And again, I didn't feel bad for the Saints last year. 
because the only reason they had home field last year is because there were two absolute bogus pass interference calls when they were playing the Steelers. If they lose that game, they don't have home field. Steelers are in the playoffs. I have a bigger gripe as a Steelers fan than any Saints fan does against the pass interference calls and why the rule needed to be changed. But even then, we all know that Al Riveron is an absolute stooge and would have never have overturned any of these calls anyways. So let's not pretend like that's going to happen. The dude is a bozo with a capital B-O-O-Z-E. Just a reminder. That I just completely misspelled booze. (laughs) Not that you can tell what I have on my mind when I'm sick. Just as a reminder, he's a Steeler fan. That's why he remembers, and that's why he still irritates him. Yeah, supposed to remember. (laughs) It's all right. Uh, So that covers the wild card weekend, um, and that leads us into the divisional round matchups. Uh, So you'll have the Vikings, Niners, Titans, Ravens, Texans, Chiefs, and Packers, Seahawks. Which one are you most excited about? The Titans. You said in Chiefs, right? Or Titans? Titans, Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. I mean, they're, those are two teams that are built relatively the same. I mean, they're a physical team. They want to both run the ball. You might end up with a 10-7 game, oh. and, and, but it would still be an exciting game. Oh, I am 100% betting the under if it's anything like over 36 points. <laughs> if the over-under is over 36, I'm taking the under. Mainly because both of those teams can take the air out of the ball have those five, six, seven, eight-minute drives that absolutely kill clocks, grind you down to a halt, and then uh, just wear you out. And, and we saw Derrick Henry basically Debo the end of, of the Patriots this year. I don't know if there's anybody sad about that. I don't, don't feel like there is. <laughs> like even Patriots fans are like, yeah, you know what, I guess we needed a year off to re- recharge. No, 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 people in Boston did not think that at all. They're, they're upset and they're... Probably at this point, if anybody's from Boston listening to you, cussing you out left and right. Oh, fair enough. The the, the mass holes will be mass holes after <laughs> all. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, but I do have, mine probably is still Packers-Seahawks, just because, uh, you know, the Seahawks are one boneheaded delay of game away from probably having home field and not having even had to play this week. Uh, but they looked good again. The defense looked really good. Marshawn in short yardage and goal line situations looks like Marshawn. Russell Wilson continues to do Russell Wilson things, which is run around and make plays way off script that just do it just enough to win the game. Of the of their five losses, wasn't the majority of them from home? So they have the road advantage. I mean, are, they were they lost quite a few at home this year. I don't know if it was three or four, but they lost quite a few at home, and they play a lot better on the road for whatever reason. Not sure why, especially when they have to cross from west to east in time zones. Um, I, I honestly don't know what their record was this year. Usually, typically they've been better at home than on the road. Nope, they were 4-4 four and four at home this year. Right. So they were, yeah, 7-1 on the road. Strange thing from the Seahawks. I know. Team that you historically have thought of as one of the better on the uh, at-home teams. So maybe it was better for them not to have uh, home playoffs games because if they had two of them, one was going to lead to a loss. I mean, that's a little crazy to... to you know, apply statistics like that. It doesn't quite work that way. You know, there's this thing called lies, damn lies, and statistics. <laughs> that would have been one of them. You know, what you've done in the past doesn't necessarily, in sports, predict your future, even though that's how a lot of players get paid. It's how GMs and coaches get rewarded. What you've done before doesn't mean you're going to do it again in the future. That's for sure. Also, is how they get fired, too. 
Uh, well, you typically they get fired off of what they just did, though. You know, and if you're a Browns coach, you you just get fired every year. Like I, I don't even even begin to know what it's like to to be a fan of the team that is also known as the mistake by the lake. So I guess if they would call you and ask you, Jason, you want to be their GM for, and we'll offer you a three year contract. How long would you expect to be there? Uh, I would expect to be there exactly one year, <laughs> but I would get paid for three anyways, and I would be okay with that. You want to offer me millions and millions of dollars to give you my absolutely no experience opinion on how to build an NFL franchise? More than happy to do it for a year. Can't be any worse than the people who've done it already. By the way, Cleveland, he would trade OBJ, Jarvis Landry, and Baker Mayfield the day he walked in the, on the job. That is not true. I would keep OBJ and Jarvis Landry. <laughs> I might trade Nick Chubb and keep what's Kareem Hunt. I would make uh, Kareem Hunt my feature back. Character issues in the past be the characters in the past. Not worried about that. Uh, again, pat, past performance, not indicative of future behavior. Uh, so I'm okay with that. Uh, but I would want to get me a quarterback who I think would be consistent enough to get us over the top. So, you know, a guy like Jameis Winston, maybe. <laughs> well, he's consistent 30-30 guy. I mean, you have 30-30 guys in baseball. Now you have a 30-30 quarterback. This is by far the most impressive feat of this past regular season. There is no doubt about it. It was was a sight to behold a guy have that much absurd confidence in himself in a contract year, in a contract year to perform like that. So I got a question. We're talking quarterbacks right this minute. Cam Newton, where do you expect him to be next year? That's a good question. Um, I can tell you, I'd love to see him in uh, Lake Forest wearing uh, some orange. Uh, not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. At, at the end of the day, I think that the, the Panthers may make the decision to keep him seeing how bad their young quarterbacks played after after that early hot start by Kyle Allen. I think it was a, a hot topic early on, and I think there's still some case to be made for moving on. But you were a competitive team for the most part when he was there. I, I just find it hard to say, hey, we're done w- with, with Cam Newton and we're not going on. But, you know, we're going to go a whole new direction and essentially waste most of Christian McCaffrey's prime. Ooh, that's horrible. But, I mean... I think it also depends who they hire as a coach. I mean, if Cam Newton doesn't fit that system, are they flexible enough to f- make a system that Cam Newton fits in? Or, I say, are they just willing to take by Cam Newton? Uh, again, really good question. I don't have the answer to that for you. Uh, but I, if it's me, I'm not. It's hard to find a guy who can do the things that Cam does. It's hard to find NFL caliber quarterbacks right now for most of these teams. Uh, you know, as a Bears fan, you should know that you have to watch Mitch Trubisky play every Sunday. But only fourteen out of sixteen games <laughs> this year. Next year might be all La- sixteen. Last year was fourteen too. Oh. yeah, but last year you made the playoffs, so you got double doinked out. Wow, yeah. I mean, out. You really had to go there, didn't you? Had to. It was sitting up on a on a uh, on a silver platter for me to just dunk it home. It, it was like Lob City days. Chris Paul put it up. I was Blake Griffin and just slammed it home. Uh, but, yeah, so I don't know if any of you guys have a thought on where Cam Newton should play next year or might play. Uh, feel free. Call in 574-274-9303. Uh, other than that, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Is he in Oakland next year or do they got a new quarterback? I think picking in the middle of the first round. He might be back next year. 
unless somebody falls that they don't expect to fall. Tua falls. I don't think Tua falls that far. I think teams have convinced themselves before they even have the medicals that Tua's going to bounce back, that he's going to be the franchise guy they need, and that they're ready to move move forward with him. Latest mock draft I've seen has him going in that general area where Oga's picking because Miami's taking the kid from Utah State. At court, uh, that was the first time I've ever seen that, but I was like, wow. I mean, I've seen that kid from Utah State move up into the first round. I haven't seen him move that far up. Uh, I don't think I'd be taking him there. That was uh, that I'm going to sort my uh, quote my source. That was CBS Sports. There's your source. First <laughs> off, we I think we were always always had this discussion every year on how bad mock drafts are and how how bad these people are at picking out their you know picking who's going to get picked. That's when we listen to Mel Kuipers. I mean, they're all pretty equally bad. <laughs> okay, let's just be honest. If somebody gets more than the first like couple right and then five total, it's impressive. We struggle with it as we're making the picks. When the draft is happening. I think the most of the one of us got right was 13 in one year. Out of 32, that's not terrible. Considering you have no inside information. But no, I I think Tua goes still top eight, top top eight. I think the Dolphins may still take him at, what is it, five, four, five? Seven. Did they fall the way to seven? Yeah. Man, that was a terrible tank by the Dolphins. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I guess they still tank for Tua because he's not going to be number one or two. Yeah, I'm not... I, I still just, this is a guy who gets hurt a lot. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd want to tie my franchise futures to future to him. I think I would rather take another year, develop, and then uh, suck for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor just, Lawrence is going to play for the XFL. What are you talking about? Just one man's opinion, I guess. But uh, no, I think Derek Carr stays in Oakland for another year. I just don't think there's any veteran options that, that appeal out there. You know, Dave, uh, John Gruden's definitely not touching Cam Newton. No, no. So I don't know who else would be available. Did you see the uh, Death Star? That's the nickname now of the Vegas because it looks just like the Death Star. Oh, I've seen it called a million things. Looks pretty awesome in my opinion. <laughs> Doesn't look anything like the Death Stars. I don't know where that came from. Uh, but no, uh, I'm excited for that. Can't wait to go out to a game in Vegas sometime. <laughs> Uh, you know, not that I need to go out there to bet on sports anymore. Thank you, Indiana, for being quick onto that. Although, damn you, FanDuel, over the last two days for not being able to keep your servers up to take my bets. Could have taken so, so much of my money. Willing to take a sponsor for FanDuel, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. Fix your servers, then call me. I spent <laughs> enough money on your site. Although, I am one in one today. The Heat did cover for me. Although, the, the Knicks somehow coming back against the Clippers. Not like it could. Didn't look good for me. Uh, but then I have John Morant, my cover machine, not doing so well right now, down by seven early in the first. Uh, but Minnesota is absolutely drubbing Cleveland, so might come out to be an even wash. Uh, got gotta love those days. Didn't bet on any of the football games today. Just couldn't get a real read for him. If I'd have known Carson Wentz was going to get hurt at the end of the first quarter, would have obviously taken the Seahawks money line. Uh, <laughs> but what are you going to do? Odds weren't great on that anyway, so it wasn't worth worth the risk. Yeah. Uh, we haven't quite covered our predictions for the divisional round, though. We're going to put ourselves both on the hot seat here and predict these games. Just winners. No against the spread yet because I haven't even looked at spreads. Uh, I'm going to let you go first on each of these games. Uh, Vikings, Niners. Niners. I, 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 think, I, think, I, think, I think the corny one sheds his not primetime label, and I think Kirk Cousins pulls the upset of the century of the very, very young century and the vikings beat the 49ers no i think they're gonna run that ball right down the vikings throat i he might have a good game 
It might be 42-41 at the end, but I somehow believe Robbie Gold will be at on the end of this thing just to piss me off some more because he should be a Bear right now instead of a Niner. Hey, Bears traded him. Had no, that was the Bears' fault. We didn't trade him. We cut him. Get it right. Oh, okay. Sorry. Even worse. You disrespected the legend by cutting him. By the D- way, Robbie Gold, if you need a contract, talk to Robbie Gold. He is awesome at getting people contracts because he got himself paid $5 million a year to go kick in San Francisco. I, that, I, I, I'm just buying full into the full corny. The You like that in the post-game post post game locker room? I think that has his team fired up. I think you see that the Vikings have his back. I think you saw Stefan Diggs be mad and still make critical plays to get them over the hump. I think you've seen him make a absolute dime of a throw to Adam Thielen to, to win the game and a spot-on corner lob, loft pass to the dome, Golden Domer for the win. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see Cook being, them being able to run against the Niners' defense, and this is going to be all in Cousins, and I see him coming up short again. I mean, all of these things are distinctly possible, so we shall see. Uh, next one up on the docket would be Titans-Ravens. Got to go with Lamar. Until somebody can show me they can actually stop that man this year, I'm going with them. I agree with you. As a Steelers fan, it pains me to no end to have to pick the Ravens to win a playoff game. Pains me. But how do you bet against the human joystick right now? This, this, is, this guy is circa... Michael Vick on Madden level good in real football. True. Uh, uh, I, I know you might disagree with this, but I'm going with Harbaugh's got to be coach of the year. I, I mean, you, uh, Tomlin is there. I do agree. Tomlin has done way more with that team than he probably should have gotten, especially after losing three quarterbacks. But putting your ego aside, like Harbaugh had to do to go with Lamar, built an offense around him that he Harbaugh's not the most outside the box stinker. His brother is, he's not. Hey, I I will give him all credit, but it's not a, it's a coach of the year award, not a legacy award. This has been a two year build for them. They have they put this offense in play last year. This is not new. This wasn't on the fly. This wasn't doing things different, and he didn't draft. The, the quarterback. Correct. So let's be honest there. By the way, Bears, I you don't need to give Ozzy News a job, but just hire him as a consultant for the draft because he has not missed. I mean, he's missed. Well, don't worry. Uh, I, I can name some misses for you, but we're not going to waste time with that because Ozzy Newsom, by and far, hit way more than he missed, and in the NFL draft, that's an impressive feat. Uh, now, Lamar Jackson was a absolute perfect send-off for, you know, he, and he retired. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think think he has any interest in doing I'm in agreement, but if any kind of wisdom, have you seen my Bears draft picks? No, I've seen. You took Mitch Trubisky over to Sean Watson and uh, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. And you traded if, up. If that, was the, the if that was the only one that you could point to, I would say, okay, that was one in a million, so we went with the no, wrong way. No, then there's Kevin White and, and yeah, Ro- no. Rokon Smith. Eh, he just went crazy. He'll be back. He needs to stop putting his cars into lakes, into sides of walls, hitting things that aren't there. He's got a problem. He kid, kid needs help. I'm not even 100% sure. I think the last one, he hit the stadium. He needs help. He's clearly got problems. But still talented football player, maybe. But they passed on Edmonds. No, I, I get it. I, I Trust me, there are plenty of misses for every team. Bears have more than their fair share. They're right up there with the Bulls at being bad at drafting. 
Uh, but we won't go down that road right now. Hey, can you stop hitting me and poking me with a knife? Texans Chiefs. I'm going with the Texans. Wow. I want to hear why. I don't trust Andy Reid. I, I, Andy Reid is still Andy Reid. But last year, if D Ford is back like <laughs> six centimeters, they go to a Super Bowl. And it's not, wouldn't be the first one Andy Reid has been to. I, ungr- he, I understand he, that. He has his flaws, but I just think they're too talented, too fast, too healthy, and the better team. And that defense has been playing much better down the stretch than they started off the season. I think they will be a tough team to get out. I think they may very well be your Super Bowl team. And I absolutely am dreaming of a AFC championship game between the Ravens and the Chiefs just to see see how high the over-under is. So I can still bet the over because <laughs> that scoreboard is going to go crazy in that game. That poor operator is going to be tired from just pressing buttons and touchdown and touchdown and touchdown and touchdown. Wait, somebody kicked a field goal. Oh, halftime. That's why. Right out of time. Okay. Yeah. I'm Chiefs all the way in that one. It's not even close for me. It is definitely got to be Kansas City. And then the last one, Seahawks Packers. Being a Bears fan, Seahawks. And uh, I'm not just picking against a Bears fan. The Packers just don't look good. I are, I'm not 100% sure how they won 12 games. I mean, I've seen them multiple games. Their defense is opportunistic. Eventually, they're not going to be able to make a play. Their two big signings are having both career years. Eventually, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers... I, Unless he becomes Aaron Rodgers of Brett Favre's type status, so he can just run around in a circle and just launch it downfield to hope the guys, these guys can come down with it, and they all come down with it. I don't see him being able to outdo the Seahawks. No, I'm right there with you. I, I, he's a punch the microphone <laughs> while you're at it. These things aren't meant to take that kind of abuse. Uh, I do like the Seahawks. I think the beast mode bounces for real. Even though he's not contributing a ton on the field, he has got a touchdown in each game. Mm-hmm. But obviously his yards per carry numbers, not what I would call excellent or top shelf by well, any stretch of imagination. Because they're not really giving him enough carries. I mean, if you watch his career, the first 10 to 15 carries, is he's wearing them down. After carry 15, that's when he starts dragging people down the line. Well, and I think they're they're trying to keep him healthy, keep him for critical situations, third and short, fourth and short, goal line carries. You know, this isn't, 25 year old 28 year old beast mode this is 33 34 year old beast mode it, but i think just the emotional punch up mm-hmm. that he gave them is a very real thing and absolutely was something that they needed and is going to help them carry forward uh, so that gets us through all four Wait i did forget one thing we were talking about the games this weekend there was one play that made me just laugh 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 it was in the new england tennessee titans game it was new england's first touchdown they line up, and you can hear Brady screaming, Edelman, get your ass into your right position. And all of a sudden, he turns around, hands the ball off on a sweep, and he scores a touchdown. No, I mean, it's it's a funny thing, to say the least, to watch that. Um, but what are you going to do? Uh, it is what it is. Uh, and, you know, speaking of things that we kind of glossed over, from this weekend's games that I wanted to talk about. Uh, you know, I know that they covered it a little bit during the game. They stole a little bit of my thunder, but it's fun watching Taysom Hill. B 
be everything that Tim Tebow should have been and refused to be because of his ego and his pride. He may be the greatest human being on earth because he seems to authentically be like one of the nicest humans you'll ever meet. And everybody who's met him has really made it seem authentic. Wait a are we talking about Tebow or Hill there? Tebow. Okay. But his ego of being an NFL quarterback absolutely beat him from being a weapon like Taysom Hill. Sean Payton wanted him to be Taysom Hill before Taysom Hill, and he told him no. Now, granted, he didn't have the exact same speed, but he would have been the same kind of weapon. Here, we're going to run you a tight end, full back. Going to let you throw some, take some shots, run some wildcat, you know, some read option. Would have been fun to watch. Taysom Hill is, is by far the most electric football player in football right now because when he lines up on the field, it's your guess is as good as mine and what he's going to do, and it just shows you the – to me, that shows you a brilliance – of a coach when you can take a player like Taysom Hill and say, Hey, we're going to do everything with you. Hmm. Absolutely everything. Oh, kicks. Yep. Punts. Got it. Uh, gonna, gonna run fake punts for us. Absolutely. Hey, gonna play quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Got it. Got it. Got it. Fullback. Rarely, but it happens. You know, I just would love to see him line up at like guard one time, just cross offensive line off his end list. I do believe he had at least, I know of one, maybe two tackles in the game too. Let him play some defense. And what, 50 receiving yards, 50 passing yards, 25, or no, 50 passing, 50 rushing, 25 receiving, Yeah, a touchdown, a couple tackles. His stat line, he, he is literally football's version of a stat, stat sheet stuffer. Absolutely. I'd like to be able to use him in uh, fantasy, but I want all his stats to count. Well, I, you know, in a league like ours with I, individual defensive players, how would that I would have to see how that would work. I can't imagine that you wouldn't get all of his stats. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I would imagine you would. Why wouldn't you? It's not like fantasy baseball where they, uh, you know, with uh, Otani, where they make you pick him as a hitter or a pitcher. <laughs> it's like, I feel like I should get both. He's both. I shouldn't yeah, have. I right. should be able to use him as both. Same time. Uh, the other thing uh, that, I, that we glossed over really quick uh, was Mike Vrabel. Being absolutely Belichickian against Bill Belichick at the end of the game and taking penalty after penalty, then the the Patriots getting a penalty so that the clock could run down, 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 take like two almost two minutes off the clock before they had to punt. I think it was a minute forty three. The official stat was. I think it was actually like ninety seconds because after the first one, it's only twenty five. But still, really an impressive feat. Yeah, I, I just wanted to bloat it for exaggeration effect, but no, no, Todd has to be too factual there. And take all the fun out of the the air. Uh, I I thought it was great, and it was amazing watching him get so upset at somebody doing exact something he would exactly do. It's like, sorry, we've watched you do this before. We know how this works. I mean, you were the one that pointed it out to the NFL. It's surprising that one of your disciples would would know the loophole <laughs> and be able to use it. Um, so. Don't know what to say there. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's been a fun one. And well, I would like to say thank you, NFL, for getting the Buffalo Texans game at halftime to kick off correct. Because if you had awarded Buffalo the touchdown on that bowl, I don't know how to watch the other three games this weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely one of those plays that just happens. And that's why we have replay, right? Or somebody coming out of the tunnel and saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was an NFL official from somewhere that, that was not a referee in the game that came out and made that call. And and uh, it was the right call, yes. you know, 
So sometimes they get it right. Mm. But again, it had to not involve Al Riveron to, to happen. <laughs> My hate hate for that man will know no bounds. And then I think the last NFL topic we have for today, uh, NFL coaching searches. I think finally, long last, we have gotten confirmation for like the 16th time <laughs> that Jason Garrett will not be the Cowboys head coach next year. He's going to be the GM. But boy, did Jerry Jones make the Cowboys fans sweat that one out. They had to sit there and listen and listen and listen to Jason Garrett, you know, have an interview, another interview, another interview. Again, I think it was really the Cowboys. Jerry Jones really, really likes Jason Garrett was okay. Do you want to coach again? If you want to coach again, move on. Uh, If you don't, we have a front office role for you as a special advisor. I think that was really it. But boy, did, did all my friends that are Cowboys fans really have to sweat that one out. Boy, were they worried. I'm going to cite my source here. I'm going to steal this from Skip Bayless. He has not fired him. He has not renewed a contract. He's doing these interviews with Mike McCarthy and uh, Marvin Lewis, and he's going to come back and say, after doing all these extensive interviews, we decided to re-up Jason Garrett. (laughs) Oh, that would be amazing if that happened. Because you're right. Technically, he did not fire him. His contract will expire on January 14th. He's just going to let it expire and not bring him back is, is all of the reports. Do you have a favorite for the next Cowboys coach? No. I, I have no idea where that man is going to go because unless he checks his ego, I see a lot of people turning him down. I'm still not 100% or 100% convinced that Jerry Jones is not standing on the sidelines himself next year coaching. <laughs> Um, I, I still think it'll be Matt Roll out of Baylor. I think it'll come out of left field and surprise a lot of people. Uh, but that is definitely uh, my favorite for the Cowboys' next head coach. I know a lot of people are talking uh, Urban Meyer. I don't see Urban Meyer standing up to NFL. I don't see Urban Meyer checking his ego. Uh, it's going to be Booger, Booger McFarlane. Yeah, reports had the absolute worst color commentator in the history of football, which is saying a lot after one year of Jason Witten just moving out of the Monday night football booth. Who are making those decisions, by the way, that that Jason Witten and Booger McFarlane got the job. And there are tons of entertaining guys out there. Hashtag McAfee for Monday night football. Uh, no, no, no. Bring back Cuddy. Bring back Cuddy. I just don't know if they could really, really just let him talk on a mic freely without having the sensor button. I don't know. I I think there are a lot of guys who would be much, much better. Uh, I don't know what CBS is paying Tony Romo, but you'd have to think ESPN could pay more, uh, you know, to get the best color guy in all of football on their show. Uh, just one man's opinion, though, I guess. Yeah, I, I just want to see color. I just want to see him do it because I watched the, uh, his TV show with his wife and his persona of i don't give a fuck on the football field is the persona he walks life with uh, don't steal jay keller from us for his his long lost calling as a t- reality tv star he could still do that he could still do that i don't think the nfl do you would, see uh, jay keller doing a lot of research during the week on the game he's calling i don't uh but i also <laughs> don't feel like the nfl you know espn would be a big fan of him being a reta- reality tv star Reality TV star and a color commentator at the same time. Who owns the E Network? Which of the networks own that? It's it definitely be, not Disney. Could be NBC. 
could be AB or Fox. But it's not Disney, and Disney's who owns ESPN. I know, but he was hired by CBS last time as a, a studio analyst. And I can see him doing that role again. I'm talking about ESPN Monday Night Football. Booger McFarland has to go. If, if I go into f- football season having to listen to, hey, if you win this game, you advance to the next round of the playoffs and acting like it's insightful, I might stop watching. I, I, that's all I can say. When you make me miss John Madden, <laughs> who tells me here's a guy who puts in his contact lens, he sees better. Holy cow. And you make me miss that. Well, You're bad at what you do. You know, if you score more points than the other team, you normally win. That's usually how it works. <laughs> uh, but moving on from the Dallas Texans. Cowboys. Again, sorry. <laughs> not feeling well. Northern Indiana weather really has me out of it. I apologize to all those watching live. Uh, but also feel free to call in with your thoughts on the head coaching search. I just have to ask this, knowing you're a Pittsburgh fan, the rumor of Dallas maybe offering two two first round picks for your head coach. They don't have two first round picks. Also, my first my head coach is worth more than two first <laughs> okay. round picks. He has never had a losing season in more than a decade, and he always got the thing. Well, he had a franchise quarterback this year. He had a fourth string quarterback and still didn't have a losing season. Duck, 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 duck. Quack, 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 quack. Glad he'll go back to his rightful role as a backup <laughs> next year. Second, third string doesn't really matter. He'll be a backup, and and, and number seven will be back there throwing bombs once again. And hopefully now he'll trust some of these receivers that he's seen James Washington perform, Deontay Johnson perform. I think I think he'll be more excited to have all three of his guys next year. And if we could just get a tight end in like the second or third round, be ready to go. So you're 100% comfortable he's not going to have any issues with the arm. I've seen every pitcher come back from Tommy John throw harder. Can you imagine Ben Roethlisberger throwing harder? I'm just asking because that was one of the things I was brought up and that nobody who ever played football has came back from the surgery. Well, Tommy Yawn does not tend to hang out in the huddles. He tends to hang <laughs> out in tugouts. But he's made an appearance, and every every football baseball player is throwing harder after Tommy John. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger throwing harder at 39 excites me to no end. Also, the fact that he's basically outlasted as a productive NFL quarterback all of his draft peers does need to be an impressive footnote. You know, Eli Manning relegated to a backup. Philip Rivers. No, no, he's not a backup. He refuses to back up throws. He'll retire yeah. before being calling a backup. But that's what I'm saying. He was backup this year. He got benched last year. Uh, Philip Rivers playing like an absolute bum out there. I mean, we still in the coaching. Cause I got a question for you. Yeah. Well, I was getting ready to move on to Cleveland, but yes. Well, I want to ask you about the Redskins hire of a coach first. I like Riverboat Ron. <laughs> He's probably perfect for Washington in that mess of an organization. Not going to probably get you a Super Bowl, but we'll probably get them to respectability. And, and then they can bring in a coach and get them over the top. Or in the case of, of Dan Snyder, you know, hire somebody who'll ha- torpedo the whole operation. <laughs> I mean, cause he brought in Jack Del Rio to play his defense corner too. Yeah. Oh, he's making good hires. Now he just needs to get a young offensive mind. Because if we know there's one thing Rohan Riverboat Rivera doesn't know, it's offense. Uh, so, no, uh, let's move on to Cleveland. Uh, RIP to another Cleveland head coach. Their head coaching tree is almost as long as their quarterback coaching, uh, their quarterback tree. Well, I think I told you earlier in this podcast where we where I think the head coach is coming from. Mike McCarthy? No. I didn't pay attention at all. Josh McDaniels. Ah, no, not a chance. You're way too smart to take that job. Way too smart. 
There's zero point zero percent chance. You don't see him following the footsteps of Bill Belichick going to Cleveland first. And yeah, then... how'd that work out for Bill Belichick? Hey, if he wants to coach, and Belichick says doesn't want to retire yet, so how many how many more years is he going to sit behind him? Hey, you go take over the Giants with Danny Dimes. <laughs> I think like he'll he'd enjoy that. No, I I think it's Mike McCarthy. I think there's enough Packers people in that front office to have familiar ties. I know McCarthy's been in for interviews already in Carolina, but I think don't forget Dallas. Yeah, Dallas is not hiring Mike McCarthy. Carolina might because of the Steelers ties to McCarthy's early career, uh, but I think it's Cleveland. I think the front office has enough familiarity, enough comfort level with him. Uh, I think they're going to make which part of the front office uh, doesn't that well, change on a yearly basis too? Uh, not like the high end of the front office, like uh. the the line people that are in there that typically don't get changed out every year. Uh, Carolina Panthers. I have no clue who's going there. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, I think this coaching hire is going to be out of left field. I have a fun one. I I have a really fun one that almost nobody will see coming. And nobody's thinking of. It might be the perfect hire if they decide to keep Cam Newton or if they decide to move on. Okay. Marvin Lewis. Explain. I'm not. I'm not seeing it. Right. Just explain. That man has never got the respect he deserves for what he accomplished in Cincinnati. I get it. He did not win a playoff game, but Cincinnati has by far the least amount of money spent on scouting to draft, advanced scouts for game day prep, the least amount of people in their front office. Mike Brown is notoriously the cheapest owner in all of football. Right. And he routinely made the playoffs. Took young cornerbacks and made them successful. What? Took undisciplined teams and. I mean, look at Pac-Man Jones. He turned around his career down there. Still had a couple of moments, but for the most part, he became Adam Jones in Cincinnati. Wasn't that uh, Burfitt's team? Hey, I said he it said he didn't say he batted a thousand, did I? Okay, I mean, I, I have no problem with the defense, but you still have the issue with the offense. You bring in some young offensive coordinator to pair with them. I mean, they did try that 15 years in a row in Cincinnati. I mean, he. It just seems like he can never hit an offensive stride. I think you're forgetting some of the numbers Andy Dalton put up and Carson Palmer put up while he was there. Don't get me wrong; there were some bad years in there too. But I think he's just the kind of out of left field hire that may happen there because of of the Pittsburgh Steelers ties of the owner. I think he may see somebody who's that's been that stable and successful as a coach as a home run hire instead of trying to hire the next hot young offensive coach who is let's be honest those guys had a mixed bag of res- success this year i do have a question for you there's one off in this corner i'd like to see what you think if he gonna happen happen to him greg roman baltimore you'd have to have i i would line up to hire him but i don't know if he wants to leave what he's got unless it's a really good situation I mean, but i don't think any of these situations sans the last one we're about to get to or even remotely interesting situations. What coaching position am I missing? I thought we nailed them all. The Giants. Oh. You know, I know we've glossed over some guys like Eric Bieniemy, um, Kevin Stefanski, you know, things like that. But again, I, I, I think I really do think the Giants are going to end up talking Josh McDaniels into coming right down the road, uh, taking the Penn State wonder at running back. Drafting a wide receiver, adding, getting their tight end healthy, 
they have Danny Dimes who looked pretty good at times this year. You get him a good quarterback focused coach. I think I think the ceiling is is as high there with the right coaching hire. But we'll see. You just never ever ever know. For whatever reason, I expect a defensive person to be their head coach there. I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody on the defensive side of the ball heading there as a head coach and then to pretty much turning the offense over to whoever they decide to hire as offensive coordinator. Uh, fair enough. I, I mean, it's distinctly possible. I just like Josh McDaniels as a fit there. I think with Saquon Barkley, I think I think with Danny Dimes, I think it's an interesting fit, what he likes to do. Uh, I found it interesting. These ones talked about hardball going back to the pros. I just don't know that he's headed that way. I I don't think he is. I don't unless Michigan gets rid of him. I don't see him leaving because he would make himself out to be a liar. And cause he's been saying it all along. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I just can't see he willing to do that to himself. Even if he wants to leave, I don't see him doing that because then he'd be like, he would be pulling uh, Nick, uh, Nick Saban. Maybe, but I, again, like I said, I don't see him going. So I, th- I think we're on the same page there. I don't think there's an opening that really uh, gets his attention. It gets him excited. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, I think that covers. Who's on the hot seat next year right now? I have one right off the bat. Dan Quinn, Atlanta. Adam Gase. Oh, 100%. If he can't can't get Trubisky turned around, I absolutely told you, I think. Adam Gase is in New York oh, Jets. I'm thinking of. Uh, yeah, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. Sorry. Adam Gase, of course. Uh, uh, I, hold on. Hold on. Is, is uh, Bell coming back next year? I do not. He's, I, on, he's under contract for three more years. Yeah, I think he's gone. Uh, I'm like, dude. You could have said yes. He's coming back. Not he's under contract for three more years. But again, I think he's done. I think I think he's gone. Uh, I think you know Kansas City's an interesting fit for him. Ooh, I, I know about that. I know Pittsburgh was trying to trade to get him back during this at the trade deadline. Just were asking for a first round pick. They're not going to get that for him. His prediction dipped too far. His his salary number is so high. Now he can negotiate that down because whoever takes him doesn't have to pay any of the bonus, doesn't take the cap hit for the bonus. So he can renegotiate that contract and make himself a lot more, you know, palatable for a team. His history indicates he probably won't, uh, but it could happen. Uh, like I said, I'd love to have him back in Pittsburgh. I could see him going to Seattle too. I think Seattle likes what they have with their young running backs. They just got hurt in an unfortunate time, and they were lucky enough to have an, a great backup <laughs> option. And Marshawn to call right right up. Hey, we got a truck full of Skittles with your name on it. And boy, did those fans have those Skittles last week ready for his first touchdown. He goes diving over the top. Skittles come flying out of the stands. Gotta love Seattle fans. Way a notch above Buffalo fans who throw certain adult toys onto the field instead. I don't want to hear any more about athletes, how great athletes football players are. The man eats more candy than the children in the United States eat. And yet he's in far better shape than you or I will ever be. Correct. So, so, so in other words, Skittles makes you Marshawn Lynch is what I'm drawing a correlation to right there. Hey, Skittles ain't paying us no money yet. <laughs> Pay us money. I'm more than happy to draw that, that line for them. They do plenty of it. Uh, so if any of you out there have any thoughts on the NFL coaching hires, feel free. Call in 574 
9303. I would love to have some other thoughts on this. Uh, but uh, if not, uh, we're going to move on to UFC 246, which is this upcoming Saturday. And if you call in, feel free to interrupt. I don't mind at all. We we are more than open to being interrupted at any time. This is why I get quiet because I don't know a lot about UFC. Fair enough. So if somebody does want to have a conversation, more than willing to sit and talk with Jason about that one. Uh, yeah, I don't see that that happening. Uh, but it would be great if somebody did. Uh, Todd's yeah. I guess my best question is: This the one where McGregor's fighting again? Correct. Okay, I uh, at least know that. I guess. So you do know that. Um, I, I'm just going to go, go through the main card really quick. Uh, again, without having a good back and forth here, uh, this gets to be a little tough. Uh, but we start off the main card with uh, Anthony Pettis' return to lightweight after getting beat by uh, Nate Diaz at UFC 241. Uh, welcome back, Nate Diaz. I am always a uh, fan of you uh, coming back and getting some of that. Great cash, homie. <laughs> but, you know, uh, this is about Anthony Pettis. Uh, so he's fighting a younger fighter in Carlos Ferreira. Uh, who's basically said his entire goal for the fight is to implement the Nate Diaz game plan. <laughs> to clinch, uh, to keep it tight, keep it in boxing range, take away the kicks, take away the flashing show, you know, flashy showtime stuff that Anthony Pettis loves to do. Uh, I still think Anthony Pettis wins. It is in a, a UFC career. He's always been a little up, a little down. Uh, I think going back to 155, uh, fighting a younger fighter will give him a chance to, to bounce back up a little. Uh, you know, former champion at lightweight. Hard to take that away from him. Uh, I don't think his career's over. Uh, you know, I don't quite get into the MMA Twitter thing of calling these guys for 22 and 9, 21 and 10, whatever, mediocre or bums. You know, the UFC is very different than boxing. Guys shouldn't be going 50 and 0, 35 and 0, anything like that. You know, in a, in a game with four ounce gloves, that can change anything in a moment's notice. You know, one accidental slip and fall, and now somebody gets your back and chokes you out. Crazy things happen. What it should put into context how impressive what Khabib is doing is, what John Jones has done. It you know how impressive that is, you know, what Fedor did in Pride. How impressive that was, you know. Expecting these these flawless fighters is just absolute insanity. Uh, next up, we have a strawweight uh, women's strawweight fight: Claudia Gadelia versus Alexa Grasso. I can see this one going either way. I think the money is a little on uh, Claudia uh, in my book. Uh, I think she's just a little more polished fighter at this point in her career. Um, I think she's, you know, had an injury. Otherwise, this fight would have already happened back in December, uh, but they had to push it a little bit. So they did. Uh, next fight is a heavyweight fight. Alex, Alexi Olenek versus Maurice Green. I don't know why I struggled so much with Alexi Linux's name. Uh, you know, here here's an example of two very different professional MMA careers coming together. Ray Screen eight and three, Alexi is fifty seven thirteen and one. Uh, so you're talking at at heavyweight, by the way. You know where these guys get their lights turned out in one punch at any time. Uh, it's pretty impressive. I'll, I think it's just hard to bet against Maurice Green in this. He is. Looking absolutely fierce, absolutely dominant, and on a roll right now. I think he is the guy going forward. Uh, now, 
in the heavyweight division that'll be a fun guy to watch this year. Just a thought. Uh, again, not going to get into it too much. Uh, just wanted to get it my predictions out there uh, for you. Anybody who wants to bet, feel free. Um, I'm not going to bet on all of these, like I said, uh, but Pettis Gadelia will be two I bet on. Uh, and then we've got Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. Uh, most people who know know Holly Holm now, uh, thanks to Ronda Rousey, uh, most people still don't know Raquel Pennington. So if you look at the 12-5, and 10-7 and 7 record, uh, you're going to think Holly Holm is the definitive favorite. Uh, I think Raquel Pennington takes this. I think she gets her to the ground, grinds her out, takes the win that way. Just one man's thought, though. Mm. And then, of course, the fight that everybody is going to tune in to see. Uh, this this will probably be the biggest event of the ESPN Plus pay-per-view era. I don't like Conor McGregor at all, but to pretend that he doesn't sell tickets, sell pay-per-views, draw eyeballs would be just insane. They put his fight on sale, sold out in less than an hour for a $10 million box office gate. The man has still a draw wherever he goes. He is still a headliner, no matter what you think of his, you know, out of the octagon antics. Hmm. My opinion, terrible human being accused of absolutely terrible things. But to each their own, uh, and he's racing what I would call the fighter's fighter in Donald Cowboy Cerrone. I have a question on this one. Isn't Cowboy on the back half of the career? Oh, absolutely. So this fight was set there to make sure McGregor wins. Um, You could look at it that way. I'm looking at it a different way. So I I think Connor wins, but I am betting on Donald Cerrone to win via submission. Because if this goes to the ground at all, Cowboy is so... Oh, he's yeah. not Nate Diaz good on the ground, but he's still good enough to, to outwork McGregor on the ground. But this is a fight that UFC put together that leans towards McGregor having the ultimate chance of winning and minimizes his chance of losing, but still giving him a big enough name so if he wins, they could sell it. Correct. I okay. mean, this this was the tune-up fight he should have had before he faced uh, Khabib the, the last time. I don't like to talk of him winning this fight at 170 pounds and then going back to 155 to fight Khabib, and I sure don't like the idea of him fighting Masvidal after this, mainly because I want to see Masvidal move on to face Usman for, for the welterweight belt. I think that's the fight to make there. I mean... I understand he wants to go after Khabib for the money, but why does anybody think it's going to be any different? I don't think anybody does really. And I don't, I think that's why it won't sell nearly as well. I think enough people are like, okay, we saw Khabib literally toy with you for, for most of three rounds and in the fourth round be like, okay, fight's done. I'm going to, going to make you tap like, like a chicken. I mean, the man wrestles bears for fun. He does. Again, anybody out there have any thoughts on McGregor versus Ronnie? Feel free. Call in 574-274-9303. I do have a follow-up question. What's McGregor's recovery if he loses? Uh, Nate Diaz trilogy. I think that is absolutely the next fight. Because that fight plays no matter when. So, I mean, Diaz would take that even if he's lost? Why not? They're going to make a ton of money. Diaz wants fights that are fun. They're going to make him a ton of money. He knows oh, okay. Connor's not going to wrestle him in, into the ground. The one thing he's absolutely terrible at is defending takedowns and getting up off his back against wrestlers. Mm. Okay. And he knows he will get paid. And okay. I, th- I think, you know, Diaz proved he can draw in his own right between 241 and two, 244. He absolutely showed it. Is that the one when he went for the BMF? BMF and we got the absolute garbage doctor stoppage? Yes. Yeah. 
not saying he was going to win the fight, but I would have liked to at least seen what happened in the fight going forward. I, I agree. I mean, that was kind of a anticlimactic finish there. Like, now, hopefully he, he takes advantage of some time off and gets that scar tissue removed, gets his eyebrows shaved down so it doesn't happen as often that he splits open in the exact same spot in his last four fights. He was off for three years. He should have got it taken care of then. Mm-hmm. But I kept thinking he I think he kept really thinking he was gonna fight again sometime soon. And it didn't just it just didn't happen. But what are you gonna do? Uh so I think that wraps up kind of everything we want to talk about. Again, I'm not saying Cerrone's going to win. I just say if he does win, it's via submission. Because at one seventy and as big as Connor is looking, I think he's just gonna have some cardio issues if the fight goes into deep water. On the other hand, we've seen Cerrone be susceptible to be knocking out, and Connor does have that left hand. Uh, so that is a distinct possibility. The problem is money's not good on Connor by knockout. It's still minus 160, Ooh. even by knockout. So at first I was thinking maybe I'll bet McGregor knockout Cerrone by submission, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Uh, but the money's just not, the, the odds aren't there. Um, I would also say one smart play with the new scoring rules in UFC. Find a fight you think might be close. Put like $10 on it to be a draw because uh, FanDuel usually runs it at <laughs> Plus 5,000 in the last like three cards in a row. There's been one draw. So nice. $10 turns into 500 in a hurry. Uh, if you can find that fight that you think is going to be close, or you can even bet it on almost all of them and still c- come out three, $400 ahead. Uh, if you want to bet on that, because the new 10, eight rolls make that so much more, more likely. Uh, I think that's going to be it for this week. Uh, like I said, a little under the weather uh, in the future. I'd like to go, you know, right around this hour, 20 hour, 30 mark. Uh, we're a little short of that today. Uh, getting all the new equipment set up took took a little trick here and there. Took us a few things to learn, but I think we got through it. Uh, hopefully in, here in a few minutes, I will get to take and uh, test out the audio on Facebook Live to see how that went uh, because we're running it off the mixing board. So hopefully it, it came through clear. Uh, I definitely noticed that some people are watching and turning off. I'm going to guess a lot of that came from the Pat McAfee Show 2.0 Fans Facebook group. Uh, all 10,000 plus of you uh, cousins out there, uh, appreciate any of you who tuned in and listened. You guys keep my day-to-day interesting. Uh, you know, there are others who also post their podcasts on there. I encourage any of you who do to post it there. We should all support each other in our creative endeavors. Uh, we need more Pat on TV, too, too. Oh, uh, I, 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 I love what he does. I love what he does for the WWE. I just, he doesn't seem like he could miss right now. He doesn't, but he also, I mean, if you've watched any of his YouTube stuff, check it out. The Pat McAfee show on YouTube. Uh, you know, he did his weekly vlog of his life on the road where he was, you know, doing get up on Monday, going back to Indy to do the radio show Tuesday, Tuesday, some Wednesdays, some Wednesdays he had to travel to get to. His Thursday night football game, Thursday night doing you know mon- radio show Monday through Friday, Heartland Radio podcast that his company's putting out, the Pat McAfee show podcast that he was putting out, even if it's more of a wrap up of the the radio show now, you know doing started doing college game day on Saturdays, uh, towards the end of the season, uh, like you said uh, NXT stuff, even got to do uh, one uh, SmackDown yep. when the crew couldn't make it back. A highest rated uh, SmackDown show on Fox to that point. Don't know if it still is or not. Um, but, you know, obviously he's very electric in whatever he does. Uh, but my, my point is, you know, those of us on the fan group, uh, we tend to support each other uh, creative endeavors. So hopefully more of you do do stuff. 
and share it with the the group. Uh, we should all help each other out. And uh, with that, I think we're going to call this a show. Thank you uh, for listening this week. And as always, just a reminder. I love me some me. I love me some me. I can't stand myself. Uh, so please uh, follow along on Off Base Sports Podcast on Facebook. You can give us a like. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Not that I've posted anything there yet, but I will start doing a lock of the day for my gambling lock of the day on there. And it's Degenerate Jason with no O. So Degenerate J-A-S-N. Todd, you going to share any of your social media with the people? Nope. Uh, you can also gamble, gamble responsibly, and he's not responsible if you lose, but he is responsible if you win. Uh, I am responsible neither if you win or lose. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to put the money down yourself. But yes, do gamble responsibly. Also, you can follow me on the Action Network app at Degenerate Jason with no O. Uh, you can see my up and down performance. Uh, more up than down. I like to like to think I win. But again, a lot of those I wouldn't call my lock of the day. Uh, my locks of the day, uh, when I give those out to people I know, have been like 90%. Uh, so... You know, if you want to follow on TikTok, I'm going to give out a lock of the day. Uh, may not be one every day, um, but what are you going to do? Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. We're on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Anchor app. Like I said, this will be available on Facebook Live. Uh, we'll stream it. It'll, I'll post it on YouTube as well after I'm done, and you can watch it there. On uh, My channel is just Jason Benicki on YouTube. Thanks again. Until next week.